I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. So you only shake things up and make things diverse in your approach when you want to change. Great all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. Trailday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. For all listeners of the show, I got to make sure you understand what the next step is and what the next level is in working with me in this work on your game universe that I've built. This podcast is not the last step. This is only the first step. The next step for you is to join me in my bulletproof mastermind and in my third day mastermind at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Let me tell you specifically what we work on. And those are both my group and my individual masterminds. First of all, we got to work on mindset. The biggest challenge that many people have, many of you who are listening right now, that is holding you back from the success and the outcomes that you want is not your tactics, is not the strategies you're using, is not a certain app or a certain process or any of that stuff that you think is the problem. The biggest challenge is your mindset because your mindset is what keeps you from seeing what you need to see and thusly doing what you need to do. And that's why you're not being who you need to be. So the biggest thing we work on in all of my mastermind programs, whether you're working in my group mastermind or my one-on-one is we gotta work on your mindset and your mentality and your approach. Once we get that down as the foundation on top of that, then we're going to build the strategies. Strategies are what exactly do I do? How exactly do I do it? Then there's the accountability, not only the accountability for you and making sure you're getting things done, but also the accountability of the process, making sure that the process is an accurate formula that is actually getting you to the outcomes that you want so that we can measure the results and how far you're getting or how far away you are. Then there's the execution and making sure that you're doing the same things the same way every time, following the disciplines and following the processes. You can join my masterminds and start working with me directly. This is the very next step. If you're listening to this show and you're ready to go to the next level, the next step is to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can join my group, Bulletproof Mastermind, or you can sign up for a call by clicking the link that says one-on-one coaching and sign up for a call with me and we can talk about working one-on-one in my third day mastermind. That again is at workonyourgameuniversity.com to work with me directly. That is the next step here. Mindset, strategy, accountability, execution, workonyourgameuniversity.com. My next Work On Your Game live event will be taking place May 5th and 6th, 2022. And this is gonna be a virtual event, Thursday and Friday, full day events. And this is specifically for the thought leaders, personal brand builders, and entrepreneurs who wanna build your brand, build your business, and you want to finally go full-time in your business to where you're at least making enough money to cover your expenses and pay your bills so that you can quit your job and do your thing, your entrepreneurial thing, full time. So this is specifically for those of you who are writing books, selling coaching, selling any type of training, you're selling courses, you're doing workshops, you're doing speaking gigs, live seminars, podcasting, and you want to start making a full-time income from that thing so you can stop doing all the other things and just do your thing full-time and you know the clock is ticking on you, this next Work On Your Game Live is the event for you. So I want you to go to workonyourgame.live. Notice that link, workonyourgame.live. And there you can see the details. This is going to be a two-day event. We're on day one. We're going to cover mindset and strategy. As you all know, the foundation of everything I do, we got to start with the mindset and the strategy so that you know you're working off of accurate formulas that actually work. What are you doing in entrepreneurship? What business are you actually in? What are your frameworks in place? Who are you trying to sell to? Who is your target client? What exactly are you giving them? 
We're going to cover all of that on day one, in addition to more things. And on day two, it's application and execution. We're going to talk about putting together your offers. When you're putting yourself out there to the world, how do you put it out in such a way that gets people actually excited about buying what you're selling? How being prolific and putting your name and your brand and your mind and your ideas out there to the world is one of the biggest things you can do to make sure you're consistently generating new leads. In other words, new people who are knowing about what you're offering and excited about getting it. How to name your price. Any of you who's having challenges with pricing and money and getting money out of people, I know exactly why you're having those challenges and we will solve them on day two of working your game live. We're going to talk about the human capital you have in place, meaning the tools and skills, the intangibles that you have in place, what you need to develop and what you need to go get from someone else. We're going to talk codifying your knowledge. How do you take the knowledge that is in your head, get it on paper, so to speak, so that you can actually transfer it and sell it to other people in a systemic way? We're going to talk about how you're making money because money is one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs here. And that's really one of the main outcomes that we want to get here is that you're making the kind of money that you want to make. You no longer have challenges with selling your products and you're no longer holding yourself back with your own negative money mindsets. All of that's going to be covered on day two, which is application and execution. So what I want you to do right now is go to workonyourgame.live. That's workonyourgame.live, L-I-V-E. Get your ticket for this two-day virtual event. That's a Thursday and a Friday. If you can't make it either day, we will have a replay available for everyone who has a ticket. That is going to be May 5th and 6th. I'm covering two full days, mindset and strategy on day one, application and execution on day two. This is specifically for the thought leaders, the brand builders, the coaches, the speakers, the book writers, the seminar deliverers, the speakers, all of you out there who want to make a full-time living from your intellectual property. That is the knowledge that is in your head. You want to turn into products and services that people can pay you for, and you want to do it full-time, but you're not quite there yet. I'm going to help you get there. I know the formulas. I know the systems. I have the process. You join me at workonyourgame.live. I will see you in May, and let's get to getting this money. Workonyourgame.live. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is why we need sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. So if you can read between the lines, that is the exact opposite of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we need the opposite of that. We don't always need diversity. Sometimes we need things to be the same. Not always equity. Sometimes we want and need imbalance and not always inclusion. Sometimes we need to exclude some motherfuckers. And I'm going to explain why in today's episode. Now, before we get into that, let me tell you all that today's episode is sponsored by my daily motivation text that I send out every single day free of charge to everyone who is in my text community. If you would like to be in my text community and receive that daily motivation text, all you got to do is text me at the same number that I will be texting you from every morning. Here's the number. 305-384-6894. Send a text message to that number right now, not after this episode's over. Send it right now because if you don't do it right now, you're not going to do it. You're going to forget the number and then you end up doing nothing and you miss the daily motivation and your life becomes terrible. So to avoid all of that, text me right now. Then here's the number again, 305-384-6894. Send me a text right now. And every day when I send out the daily motivation, you will be one of the recipients of that text message. So Let's get into today's topic. Why we need sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. This is the opposite, again, of DEI, or some people are calling it DIE, die, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We need the opposite of this in many areas of life. And this is a good thing. It is a good thing to have sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. Now, I'm not going to give a ton of background onto this one, at least when it comes to the terms, because I'm going to explain each one of them as we get into this. But everyone is familiar with the concepts of D-I-E, diversity, inclusion, and equity, or D-E-I, diversion, equity, and inclusion. This is, for the most part, we all know what this is really about. And I'm going to step on my points by even talking about this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is not necessarily because there are some people who thought up, you know what, we just need to mix everybody in more and more and more in life because it's going to make things better. Now, while that is the good reason, that's the good reason that people give for D-I-E existing. The real reason for D-I-E existing is because there are some scared people, some people who are mostly white people, because 
It's not white people who are saying that they need to be mixed into the crowd. They are the, the white people are the crowd. They're the majority here in America, at least. They are white people who are afraid of what would happen if they don't mix more people into the crowd. So they are the ones who brainstorm this whole thing of diversity, equity and inclusion. Oh, you thought it was minorities and women who came up with this? No, no, no. This was white people who came up with this, people who are afraid of being attacked for not being diverse enough, not having enough equity and not including enough people. So out of fear of what would happen if they don't do it, they created this to save their own asses. Now, any of you who works at a company, especially if you're white and you work in especially a corporation, how many of you have ever seen somebody who was unqualified? You don't have to say who they are. You don't have to identify yourself here because you might lose your job if you did. How many of you have seen somebody who was completely unqualified? get promoted to a position that they were not built for, not ready for, and would not be good at, and turned out not to be good at just because they were female or because they were from some quote unquote marginalized group, which now not only is about race, but also about sexual orientation, I guess now. I guess if you're LGBTQ, that can get you moved up too. So you could be a, a white male and you could move up just by declaring yourself gay. So some of you white males out there who you're in corporate America and you can't advance because the company has made it clear to you and I know people who have told me this, that companies have made it clear to them that they are not going to promote you because you are a straight white male. They rather promote a female or a minority just because the numbers and what it looks like and the optics and the politics of it. And any of you who works in corporate, y'all know this is a real thing. I'm not making this up. Any of you who's not in corporate, ask somebody who is in corporate and they will confirm this is a real thing. So any of you straight white males who listen to this, and I know there are a lot of you who listen to this show and you want to move up in your profession and you only had to be in corporate. If you want to get booked for a speaking gig, you're a straight white male. If you want to get featured in a magazine, if you want to get in a media interview, if you want to you know, get move up in your company, if you want to get a government grant, you want to get a small business loan. Now, being a straight white male is probably the worst thing to be right now. And Sadly enough, this could, it could is this kind of be a scary point. It's also a sad point. It's also a kind of in a tongue in cheek way, a funny point. Is at least it's funny for me to say it. But if you're a straight white male, it probably won't be funny to you. I said this three years ago. Three years ago, I said the worst thing to be in America right now is a straight white male. I said that three years ago, and it's spring 2022 when I'm recording this, and and it's still true in many ways. Now. In other ways, it actually could be the best thing to be a straight white male. But in certain spaces, in certain areas and in certain circumstances, being a straight white male is the worst thing to be because nobody has certain people, let's just say people who are really bought into the D.I.E. ethos. Or they have no sympathy for you whatsoever, not because of anything you personally did, not because of anything about you as an individual. They don't even have to know anything about you. As soon as you walk in the room and they see that you're a they see you're white, they see you're a man. And once it's clear to them that you are heterosexual, meaning you are attracted to women, oh, they have no sympathy for you whatsoever. So all of you straight white males, if you want to move up quickly and you want a quick shortcut to do it, aside from actual merit and skill, here's what else you can do is just pretend to be gay until you get the promotion then you can go back to being straight. All right. And you could take that as a tongue in cheek. You could take it as truth. But I guarantee you it might actually fucking work. But anyway, let's get into our points. Today's topic, once again, is why we need sameness, imbalance and exclusion. Point number one. The D.I.E. ethos. That's what I'll say. So I don't have to keep saying diversity, equity and inclusion. The D.I.E. ethos, at least the public explanation of it, because, again, in life, when people tell you why they're doing something, usually there's a good reason and a real reason. The good reason, more often than not, you'll hear a good reason from people when they have to cover their asses. All right. So if someone works in corporate. You have to cover your you work in corporate. Everything you do, you're covering your ass. Like the whole job is basically half of your job is covering your ass. The other half is actually doing work. So if someone's in corporate, they have to cover their ass. The bigger somebody's audience is, the more they are aware and conscious of and the more anxious they can become about covering their own asses. The more different people that a person feels like they have to please and serve and the more people they are afraid of pissing off, the more somebody is focusing on covering their asses. The point being, the bigger somebody's audience is, the more likely that when they explain something to you, they're giving you the good reason and not the real reason. That's the point that I'm making. The bigger someone's audience becomes, the more they become focused on that. Now, I'm saying that as a general rule. It's a generalization. It is not necessarily true of everyone. And there are people who have really big audiences who aren't concerned about that at all. And there are people who have small audiences who are really concerned about it, even though they really shouldn't have a reason to. I'm saying this as a generalization. Okay. Now, somebody like myself, 
I always will tell you a real reason for things. I'll tell you the good reason and the real reason so that you understand what's going on. Since I'm the one exposing this, I can give you examples of how these things work. So my point being here, I'm still on the first point. The DIE ethos and the public explanation of it is usually giving you the good reason. The good reason is that having more diversity in workspaces, more diversity in who's making money, more diversity in whatever you can name that it has traditionally been maybe more homogenous than at least what people want it to be, or at least it appears to be homogenous, or maybe it's homogenous is based on merit and people's skill sets. Whatever reason that it's homogenous, people say they want it to be more diverse, not because more diversity is going to make it better, not because more diversity is going to improve the performance, but just because they just want to have more diversity, just because this is the reason. That's the real reason people just want to have more diversity just so they can say that they did it, so they can say they accomplished it. And y'all also have to understand that there are people whose very jobs, full-time jobs, is officer of DIE. They are the die officer. That is their job, is to create more diversity, equity, and inclusion in whatever space that they're in. So their entire job is based on how much diversity they can create. Again, not because diversity is going to create any type of performance bottom line result, just so they can say that they actually did it, even though it's not leading to any direct measurable outcome. So we can have a whole different conversation on the absurdity of that and why that doesn't quite make sense and why it's completely useless. But hey, any of you who is thinking that right now, uh, you clearly have not spent much time in corporate America. I spent enough to know that this kind of shit goes on all day, every day, and 50% of the resources used in corporate America are towards things that make no sense whatsoever. And any of you who works in corporate, let me know if I got that wrong. I probably underestimated with the number as a matter of fact. But anyway, the whole DIE ethos, the public explanation assumes that having more diversity and more differences amongst people in a group. So there's just more mixed up, more women, more minorities, more gay people that will make for better overall results. Again, this is the good reason. This is the public explanation of DIE. Now, we all know the truth of it, which is not that. The truth is the real reason. Okay, so I just explained to you the good reason. Here's the real reason. The real reason is that it's really about people covering their own asses and overcorrecting for their own feelings of guilt from situations in the past that had nothing to do with them personally. So this is basically a public relations. Whole, this whole thing is public relations. Anytime you hear the phrase diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI or DIE, what people are doing is they're playing public relations. That's all this is. And the reason why this is a thing in the world that we're in now, and it will continue to be moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future, is because with social media, because every social media and smartphones has made every one of us a news reporter. It means any one of us can create a news story at any given moment. You share enough things, something might catch fire, go viral, and you get your 15 minutes of fame just because you shared some news story. So now, Nothing is sacred. Nothing is going to go unnoticed. Anybody can make a story out of pretty much anything. So you got a lot of people these days who are working to cover their asses because nobody wants to be the viral news story, at least in a negative way, for doing something the wrong way, doing the wrong thing the wrong way. So the real reason that diversity, equity, and inclusion, the real reason that DIE exists is people are trying to save themselves and overcorrect for their feelings of guilt. So this is after the summer of 2020, which I call the summer of social justice, and we all know why. After the summer of social justice, there were a whole lot of white people who were feeling, they experienced feelings of guilt that, well, look at this bad thing that happened to these couple of black people that we're pointing out. And look at all these bad things that happened to black people back in the days and years before. And let's roll out some handpicked stats about bad things that happened to black people. If you're white, you need to do something about this. If you're not on our side, then you're against us. If you're not with us, you're against us. If you're not arguing against it, then you are complicit. All right. Again, I'm not making any of this up, am I? Okay. I'm not making any of this up. Y'all all experienced this. Some of you were actually involved in this. I'm not judging you for it, but let's just call this shit what it is. So there are many white folks, straight white folks, who heard these calls of you need to do something to basically repent the sins of your ancestors and of your kinfolk, other straight white people, for to help out black people, to help out females, and help out gay people, LGBTQ. And shit, this shit worked. I talked about this when I did my four-part review of Ibram Kendi's anti-racism book. Any of you who did not hear or watch my four-part review of that 
book, I would suggest you go listen to it or watch it. That's episode 1788 through 1791. I gave Mr. Kendi credit in that this is a hell of a sales pitch because the shit worked. That worked. Diversity, equity, and inclusion was around before the summer of social justice, but it got a rocket strapped to its ass in the summer of 2020. And right now that rocket is still going up. Now that vehicle ain't going backwards. So this whole thing is about certain people are able to make other people feel guilty about some things that happened in the past or some things that are happening over there to the left or over there to the right that have nothing to do with the individuals in the conversation. But because they look like you, you feel victimized because they look like you, you feel guilty. And now you have to repent for another person's sins. That's what this whole thing is. And it became a big PR game because here's the other fact. Social media platforms, a.k.a. Silicon Valley, because all these platforms are based in Silicon Valley, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, all of them are based over in, in Silicon Valley, which is, by the way, in that area, the Bay Area is the LGBTQ capital of the world. You think that's coincidence? No, it is not a coincidence. Those platforms are on the same page with the DIE agenda. So being that they control the screws and the knobs of what gets promoted and what doesn't, what did they do? They just pushed these things up in the algorithm. So more and more people saw them. So it feels like this is what everybody thinks and what everybody is talking about, even though that may not be the case. Now, again, some of you are listening to this right now, and maybe you're not accepting this. You're thinking to yourself, well, Dre, I'm seeing it everywhere. Everybody I follow says it. Everybody, everywhere and I'm looking, I'm seeing it. Well, let me point you to the 2016 presidential election when everybody, quote unquote, thought things were going to go one way and they went a completely different way. I'm giving you one example, but it's a big example. It's a very important example. And the reason I'm giving you that example is to explain to you this. Yeah, just because it seems like everybody, quote unquote, is talking one way and thinking one way doesn't mean that's what's actually happening. And another thing is just because you see it on your phone does not mean that's a reflection of everything that's going on in the world. There are a whole bunch of people out here who are not on those phones and on those apps every single day. And most of them, even if they were, you're probably not following them anyway. So do not fool yourself into believing that your small myopic world and what you see is representative of the entire world. That is a mistake that a lot of people made in 2016. And as a matter of fact, I'll make a prediction. A lot of people are going to keep making that mistake. And I think there's going to be a splash of cold water in some people's faces in the fall of 2022 this year when I'm recording this. And maybe, maybe it's too early to tell, but maybe another splash in people's faces in the fall of 2024. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Anyway, let's finish here on point number one. We're still on point number one here. Topic again today is why we need sameness and balance and exclusion. Let's talk about this public relations thing that DIE has created, because that's really what this whole thing is and why it may not always be the best policy. There are some areas of life of life in which it is better that we have more of the same types of people with the same types of mindsets and the same approaches and the same backgrounds because they are producing a desirable outcome. That's why we don't need to shake things up. See, thing is, when you shake things up in life, you know what happens? You get random results. That's what happens when you shake things up. I talked about in episode 2013, the same things the same way every time. Why do you want to do the same things the same way every time? The reason why you do that is because you know what result you're going to get and you get a consistent outcome. So the only time you want to start doing things the same way every time is when you know what the outcome is you are producing. So you just want to keep getting that same outcome. So keep doing the same thing. If you're in great shape right now and you go to the gym and you eat a certain way, you wake up at a certain time, go to bed at a certain time, you work out with certain people and you're in the kind of shape that you want to be in. Should you change things up? Should you change up your routine? Should you change your whole pattern? Should you start doing a whole different set of workouts? Probably not. Why not? Because you're already getting the result that you want. Now, on the other hand, if you're not in the shape that you want to be in and you haven't been in a long time and a doctor just told you, like, listen, buddy, you don't start doing something. You ain't going to make it to see your grandkids grow up. You need to shake it up. You need some diversity in what you're doing. But the people who are already in shape, you're already getting what you want. You need diversity. Any of you who's running a business and you're making the kind of money that you want to make and you're getting the kind of influx of clients and customers and revenue that you want to get, do you want to shake up your entire process of how you do business? Probably not. That would be stupid. Why? Because you're going to shake up and disturb the results that you're getting and you're already getting the results that you want. So you only shake things up and make things diverse in your approach when you want to change. But if you're already getting the results that you want, then why would you change things up? So in any area of life in which the results are satisfactory or even better than satisfactory, we don't need to change things up. We don't need to bring in new blood and new people. Why? Just so we can say that we did it. That makes no sense whatsoever. 
listen, I am 100% all for diversity where there's a different result that is needed. If people are calling for a different result, then let's bring in some diversity and do some different things. Now, I've seen many places in life where the results were like, this could be a lot better. Maybe we need some diversity. And diversity doesn't necessarily have to be of color or of gender or of sexual orientation. Diversity can be of thought. It can be of approach. It can be of mindset. It can be of skill set. It can be of principles. Those diversities are much more important than diversities of color and thought and no, what's the other one? Sexual orientation. I mean, not thought, color and gender and sexual orientation. People say they want diversity, but it's only in those areas, right? So it's not really diversity. It's specific diversities. They're not just saying diversity, period, even though it says diversity. In some areas, it's better to keep things exactly as they are because we're getting what we want if we are indeed of the mindset that we're in a results-based business. But I don't think everybody's of that mindset. Some people just want to get certain outcomes so that they can make themselves look useful and make themselves look like they are contributing, even though their contributions are purely cosmetic. They're not actually doing anything to the bottom line. And this is, again, this is the reason why DIE jobs exist. There are people, again, whose full-time job is being a DIE officer, does not do anything to produce actual results, but their job is basically PR. And again, if you work in corporate, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It might be somebody, somebody, somebody listening to this might work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm talking about you. Leave a comment here or text me and you let me know what you think of what I'm saying right now. If someone or some group or some organization is producing the results that we want, we shouldn't change anything. We shouldn't make anything different. Look at your own life on this. I could talk about my life, but look at your life. In what areas of your life do you not need nor want any diversity because things are going exactly as you want them to go? In what areas of your life do you want things to stay exactly as they are because the desired outcomes are being produced consistently? I'm sure you have some. If you have a dentist or a doctor, all right, you don't want diversity of who is qualified to fix your teeth and tell you what's wrong with your stomach. If the dentist or doctor you have right now is doing well, you don't need any diversity. Like, keep me with the same people because I'm getting the results that I want. You want people who are fully qualified based on specific high bar criteria. Whatever country you live in, all right, do you want your military members to be diverse just to say we got diversity? Or do you want the people who are fully qualified, fully trained, and fully ready to defend and protect your country from a foreign invasion? Now, if they happen to be diverse, great, but we're not angling for them to be diverse. We're angling for whoever the best is. And if we get all the best and they happen to be diverse in color and happen to be diverse in gender and in sexual orientation, cool. But that's not our aim. The aim is the result. The result is we want to protect our country and protect our borders and make sure we don't get invaded by some foreign enemy. Not, oh, let's just hey, look at all these different colors we got and all these genders and orientation. That's not the goal. Let's say we do that. What does that achieve? Again, what does it do for anyone? It does nothing for no one except the DIE people can say that they did it, but then there's no end game to it. And that's the problem with a lot of this wokeness that we see these days. Do you want people who are qualified and happen to be diverse or do you want people who are diverse and happen to be qualified? Which one do you want? Which game are you playing? What business are you in? We talked about this in episode 2130. Understand that diversity should not be the number one priority if we're focused on results. And again, this is the conflict. Many people are more focused on diversity than they are on results because their job is achieve diversity, whether uh, results be damned. Number one priority is outcome, at least in work on your game world. All right. So if you're listening to this show, that's the number one priority here. How do we produce outcome? How do we produce results? We are in a results and performance based business, not in a show and tell based business. Show and tell meaning showing off and doing PR and saying that we achieved this thing that doesn't actually do anything to contribute to bolstering the bottom line. If anything, it probably hurt it. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is why we need sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. Now let's talk about equity. So we dealt with the diversity part, right? Now let's talk about equity. The concept of equity is traditionally known as everyone having equal opportunity, right? And I think everyone agrees with that. And I think everyone who's listening to me right now, you're fine with everyone around you, no matter their gender, orientation, or color, religion, no background, nationality, you're okay with everyone having the same opportunity. And if you look around, and I know I'll have a lot of high performers who listen to the show, how many people do you know or have you seen in your line of work who have or had the same opportunity that you have or had, yet they didn't take advantage of it the way that you did? They didn't show up as often as you did. They didn't do the work that you did. They didn't study like you did. They don't prepare like you prepare. They don't have the goals that you have. They're not as ambitious as you are. And therefore, you have outachieved those people and you will continue to outachieve them. 
high performance. Am I speaking to you right now? There are plenty of people who could have been in the same space that you're in if they did the work, if they showed up, if they had the goals, if they were prepared, but they didn't do it. Therefore, there is a lack of equity between their outcome and your outcome, even though the opportunity was 100% equal. There are some people these days, many of them race hustlers, and we got a, a lot of race hustlers these days, and there are actually more people joining the ranks of the race hustler these days because they see the opportunity available to them. And I talked about the race hustler in episode 1824, by the way. There are many race hustlers and far left liberals who now want to change the definition of equity instead of equal opportunity. Now they want to change it to mean equal outcomes. Everyone has to get the same result, which makes no sense whatsoever. I already explained this in episode 1622 that equality is logically impossible. It will never be achieved. No matter what policies or rules are put in place, we will never get complete equity in terms of outcome. Uh, you could change whatever policy you want. Everyone's not going to get the same outcome because people don't think the same. People don't make the same decisions. People don't start from the same spot. There's no way you can, you cannot manufacture equity. It is impossible. And the fact is, here's the real way to look at this. We don't want less imbalance in life. We want more imbalance. Yes, you heard me correctly. We want more imbalance. We want less equity. We don't want everyone to have equal outcomes and we don't want to get closer to equal outcomes. We want more divergent outcomes. We want the spread between the top outcome and the bottom outcome to get wider and wider and wider. All right. Why is this? Why am I saying this? The reason why we want more imbalance is because we are not all the same. And thus, we should not even be aiming to get equal outcomes, let alone will we ever do it anyway, even if we were trying to. For example, I'm a former athlete. I have a body that's made for sports like basketball and running. Uh, my body's made for them. Tall, long, angular, long limbs. If you have a body that's made for a sport like, let's say, wrestling, which is different from mine, you and I should not be achieving equal outcomes in our opposite sports. You shouldn't get the same outcome in basketball that I would get in basketball, and I shouldn't get the same outcome that you would get in a sport like wrestling. All right, it doesn't make any sense because our bodies are built differently, and we did a completely different set of training based on what I'm doing and based on what you're doing. Uh, if you don't have a podcast, you're probably not going to get the same results from podcasting I'm going to get simply because I do this and been doing it longer than you. If I try to do your job, I'm probably not going to get the same results as you. Why? Because I'm not doing the work like you're doing. I'm not built for that work. I might not even be interested in doing that. And you might, be in, you might not be interested in doing what I'm doing. We shouldn't get the same outcomes. Even if we were interested in the same thing, if I'm more diligent in my work, if I'm more consistent, if I show up more often, if I'm more dedicated, if I work harder, if I'm just better at it, shouldn't I get a better result than you? Shouldn't I get more results than you? Shouldn't I last longer in the game than you did? Of course I should. And you, looking at yourself and looking at your peers, if you're outworking them, out goal setting them, out showing up them, out persisting them, shouldn't you get better and more outcomes in them? We don't want equity in that. You want imbalance because your performance is better than their performance. Therefore, your results will be better than their results. This is the way life is set up, folks. Again, you cannot manufacture this way. You cannot legislate this out of life. All right, this is just human nature. And this is the way things work. If you are someone who's analytical, detailed, and really good with numbers, you'll probably do well in areas like finance or accounting, anything that has to do with detail. On the other hand, if you're a person who's very creative and visionary and more free-spirited in mind, you might be a great artist or a great inventor. You and that person who's the detail person, you should not get equal outcomes, nor should you even be trying to get equal outcomes. You're probably not even going to be working at the same jobs. You two may never even meet. If you do meet, y'all should actually partner up because you, one of you has the details, the other one has the vision. That'd be a great partnership. But y'all shouldn't be getting the same outcomes because y'all are doing completely different things. You're living in completely different worlds. The results you get from doing your job should have nothing to do with the results that another person gets from doing their job, regardless of where you and they are from, your color, ethnicity, religion, background, orientation, who your parents were or where you started. None of these things have anything to do with your actual skill set and the level of performance that you bring to the job on a day to day basis. That's what your outcome should be based on, your skills and the performance you bring and the results that you produce. That's it. Now, if you happen to be black, you happen to be female, you happen to be gay. Great. But if you happen to be white, straight and male, then that's great, too. If you're producing, you're producing. The bottom line is the bottom line. What produces the actual results? Being that we're in a performance and results based business, if you and someone else are working in the same industry, you two have the same skill set, but you're working harder, you're showing up more often, you produce more results, you are more focused, you're more disciplined, you're more self accountable, you're more professional overall in your approach. 
Doesn't it make perfect sense that you produce more results than they do? And shouldn't you get paid for it? Shouldn't your pay reflect the difference between what you did and what they did? Would you expect there to be an imbalance between your outcomes and their outcomes? I would. And the company better recognize that imbalance and they better pay me accordingly or I'm going to take my skills elsewhere. Wouldn't you be pissed off if you and that person ended up with the exact same outcome, even though you have clearly outperformed this individual? This is how it's supposed to be in life, folks. We want more imbalance because we want everyone receiving rewards that are commensurate with their level of performance. And the fact of the matter is, I did not create this. Fact of the matter is, there's a certain percentage of people who are serious about working on their games and producing results. And there's a big percentage of people who are not. And there should be a big gap between those two groups of people. There should be. And anyone who is trying to lessen that gap or make that gap smaller through while hiding behind the premise of diversity, equity, and inclusion is full of shit. That's a hustle. That is nothing but a hustle for them. They make money by selling you that bullshit and it's hurting you in the process. And it's also hurting the person who didn't do the work because now they're going to be getting paid based off something they didn't even produce. And when this, that opportunity goes away, they're going to be thinking that they're entitled to something that they never even earned in the first place. So this makes it worse for everybody. And balance is a good thing, folks, because it reflects who is playing the game at what level. That's what imbalance does. So when you notice there's an imbalance between your results and another person's results, there should be an imbalance between your rewards and their rewards. Whether they are getting more or you're getting more, whatever the case may be, that's giving you a clear signal of where you're at and your value in the marketplace. If you don't like what it's showing you, then you know what you, what you need to do. You need to work on your game and get better at performing and producing results because that's the game that we're in. Again, we talked about this in episode number 2130, which is what business are you in? If you have not listened to that episode, go listen to that episode so you know exactly what I'm talking about here and we're not going over your head. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is why we need sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. Number three, going to right into our third point of exclusion. I played college basketball. One of the best things about playing college basketball, one of the best things about playing any sport, especially a visible or very visible sport like basketball or football on a college campus, is that you're on the team and everybody else ain't. That's one of the best things about it. You can be on the end of the bench. You're on the team. Everybody else is not on the team. The basketball team or the football team or the softball team or the volleyball team, all the sports teams, the cheerleaders is an exclusive group. It's almost like our own fraternity. And it meant something to be on the team. Even again, again, you could be the player at the end of the bench who never gets in the game, never plays, but you're on the team and everybody else is not. You are part of the group and everybody else is on the outside looking in. That is exclusion. That's the reason why teams exist. That's the reason why sports teams have tryouts. And the reason why so many, especially in the for males, I don't know how it is for females, but especially for males, it's a big deal. Try out for a sports scene and make it. And it's a devastating thing to try out for a team and not make it. Why? Because of the exclusionary energy that comes from being on the team and looking at everybody else who is not on the team. Again, you could be a person at the end of the bench. You are on the team. You are in the room. Everybody else is outside of the room. This matters in life. People love to be a part of a group that other people cannot be a part of. You want to sell something, create a group that only the people who buy can be part of the group. It'll help you sell more. Why? Because people want to be on the inside, not on the outside. Usually the way to get into groups like this is by earning your way in through your performance, through your abilities, through your resources, the work you had to put in to get that spot and maybe to keep it. The concept of inclusion presupposes that everybody should get a, quote, seat at the table, close quote, even if they have not earned their seat at the table. This is bullshit. This is the between the three points of diversity, equity, and inclusion. The three of them, the one that I like least is the concept of inclusion. Because the concept of inclusion is saying that everybody should get a chance and everybody should be in the room, even if they haven't earned their way into the room. Even if they can't afford to buy their way into the room, they should just be in the room just because. Not as bullshit. A seat at the table must be earned. That's why the table is the table. You see, if the table becomes so watered down or a seat at the table, the value of it becomes so watered down that anybody can get a seat there, then the table's value isn't, doesn't have any, it doesn't have any value anymore. The value no longer exists. See, the thing about, I wrote an article years ago called The Stage and the Audience. You know, one of the benefits of being on a stage, and I could talk about any stage. The stage could be me sitting here on this microphone and you being a listener to the show. The stage can be somebody writing a book and a bunch of people coming through and seeing the book on the shelf in the bookstore. The stage can be a person actually literally on a stage giving a speech and an audience of people listening to them talk. 
the value of the stage is in the fact that not everybody can get on it. And that's what makes the stage valuable is that not everybody can just walk onto the stage. You have to earn your way onto it. But if this concept of inclusion says, well, everybody should get a chance on the stage, well, then the stage ain't the stage anymore. And what happens and what did I tell you all? I told you all about this in, in episode number 1331. And I've talked about it many times though. When you lower the bar, when you lower the standards for people to get a quote seat at the table, close quote, or a spot on the stage or an opportunity that traditionally had to be earned, but now you're just handing it out to people. You know what happens when you lower that bar and you lower the standards? All the winners go and find somewhere else to go. They find somewhere else to be. See, lowering the bar so that everybody can get in so you have more inclusion is not going to make things better. It's actually going to make things worse because now you have lesser qualified people stepping into spaces that they did not earn their way into. And the more qualified people who had already qualified for that thing back when there was a qualification, they're going to leave and go somewhere else where there are still qualifications so that they can feel like their effort and their work and their skills are actually worth something. But if you lower the bar to where anybody can get in, well, who cares about the trophy? If you're giving everybody a trophy, then the trophy doesn't matter. Michael Jordan said this once, or at least it was attributed to him. I don't know if it was a direct quote, but if I remember correctly, I think it was that Michael Jordan said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the reason why he liked winning trophies is not so he could say that he had a trophy. It was because he knew that nobody else could have the trophy. That was the value of the trophy. And he noticed my wording here, the trophy, singular, one trophy. What he liked most about it, again, was not him being able to look at it and say, hey, look at this great trophy I won. It was the fact that, all right, I got it. That means nobody else has it. I won and nobody else did. The concept of inclusion is we're going to let everybody get a seat at the table. All right, well, that table's worthless now because anybody can sit there. You following me? Seat at the table has to be earned, folks. If anybody can get a seat there, who cares about that seat? Those of you who are listening to this who have achieved some level of accomplishment in your career professionally, specifically those of you who are at a, a level that is above entry level in your career. So maybe you came in at the entry level, but you are above it now. Any of you who fits that description, are you or are you not sitting at a table that you heard to earn your way into? Aren't you? You had to earn your way to the level that you're at right now, right? Uh, does that matter to you? Do you take pride in the fact that you're at a level that you weren't at when you first started, but because of your efforts, because of the time you put in, because of your energy, because of your skill set, because of your performance, because of your results, you're at a level now that nobody, you can't just walk in there and, and be at that level. I can't just apply for a job where you work right now and be at your level tomorrow, right? I'll have to earn my way to the same spot that you're at. And this is my question to you. Do you derive value, pride, and self-esteem from the fact that you are sitting at a table that not everybody can sit at? Now, maybe you might not wear it on your sleeve, but I think it matters to you, does it not? How would you feel about that same spot that you have right now if anybody could just get a seat there? It wouldn't mean as much tomorrow as it does today, would it? This is why exclusion matters. This is why there need to be areas that exclude other people. Exclusion separates the performers from the dreamers, the doers from the thinkers, the high achievers from the average. Exclusion is the reason why higher levels exist, because the high achievers exclude themselves from everyone else. And when you achieve at a high level, you are indirectly excluding yourself from the low achievers and the mediocre even if you're not trying to. Exclusion is the reason why you work on your game because not everybody's willing to work on their game. You understand that you're part of a select group when you decide to do things voluntarily to make yourself better because most people don't do that. That's why we need exclusion, not inclusion, exclusion. Point number four. Today's topic, once again, is why we need sameness, imbalance, and exclusion in life. Now, while I understand that the concepts of D-I-E are more about creating opportunities for people who otherwise would not have access to them. I understand that that's the, again, the good reason, the public facing reason for it. You also understand that the way things are going socially these days, here's what happens. Let me tell you the game plan for what people do, because some of you might be listening to this right now or have listened to everything I said and said, well, Dre, you're kind of taking it in an extreme approach to the whole concept of DIE and then you're arguing against this position that is not exactly what it always says that it is. Now, it depends on who you're talking to. People use these phrases in many, many different ways. Diversity, equity, includes. There's no official definition of it because people use it in different ways. So some of you might be thinking, well, Jerry, you're kind of arguing against the concept that's not exactly the way that you might see what DIE stands for. I understand that. So let me explain to you this. And this is the game plan. This is how things work. 
And if I got this part wrong, you can let me know as well. Concepts get introduced with these bland, safe sounding definitions and terms like die got introduced as, well, we just need to give opportunities to people who have traditionally not had opportunities. I don't think there's anyone who is really against that concept, right? So you're saying, well, why would you argue against something like that, Dre? Here's my point. Once that bland, safe sounding definition has been accepted, like this one has diversity, equity, and inclusion, what happens is that term, the definition of it gets changed and slowly more and more without you even noticing the definition and what is required of it becomes more and more pernicious over time as it becomes more and more accepted. And they slowly morph it into something that's much more, let's just say, malicious than how it sounded when you first heard of it. So today's topic is about me pushing back on the very concept of these terms, even if I'm defining them in ways that are different than how maybe you first heard of them or maybe how you think the mainstream has accepted them to be. Remember that I said what I said here today? When diversity, equity, and inclusion goes a lot further than it's gone so far. All right, the way you see it now, remember how you see it now, five years from now, when it becomes a lot stronger and it's asking for a whole lot more than what it's been given. I mean, I did a whole episode telling you about when I spoke up for the female athletes because nobody's speaking up for them. That was episode number 2121. I spoke up for the female athletes because nobody, none of the female athlete advocates, at least the ones that I know of, Nobody was speaking up to defend them when a man decided that he was a woman, jumped into the swimming pool and started beating all the women in swimming. Nobody said anything. Now, not too long ago, it was just respect gay people. Just don't attack them. Don't use homophobic slurs as jokes or to mean dumb or stupid. There was a movement for that a decade ago. Then it was, okay, that's fine. Everybody can do that. And people accepted it. Then it was, let them live together. They want to live together and make families. That's fine as well. Now it's slowly becoming now they're power grabbing. Now we got to let a man decide that he's a woman and everyone's supposed to accept it. And if you say something against it, then you're using hate speech. You see how it all got changed? Now, if you say that this trans person who was born a man, but now is living as a woman, if you point out that is a man because they're now living as a woman, you are invalidating their existence and you are using hate speech. And because you're using hate speech, you can be canceled. You can have your account shut down. You can be kicked out of your school. You can be fired from your job. You can be dropped from your contract because now you're using hate speech. Now, anyone who doesn't confirm and validate what this person has decided that they are, you are now hate. It's hate speech and hate speech can become a hate crime and a hate crime can get you put in jail. And you see how this starts to go, how that line just gets moved a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. And this is a real thing that's happening right now, is it not? Again, anything I got wrong, please let me know. So that's why I'm pointing these things out now before the line moves a little bit more because it's going to move more and it's going to move more and it's going to move more. And every time it moves, it's going to be pushing you backwards just a little bit more until you don't have anywhere else to go. So your back's up against the wall and you have no choice but to basically comply with whatever they want. And the earlier that you catch it and push back against it, the better chance you have of doing something about it. So with all that said, let's recap today's class, which is why we need sameness, imbalance, and exclusion in life. This is the opposite of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Number one, the whole DIE ethos, or at least the public explanation, assumes that having more diversity makes things better. That's not necessarily true. Understand that diversity, equity, and inclusion officers and the people who work in these spaces are basically PR flex. Their job is not to produce better results. Their job is to just say that they've created more diversity because this is all pushed by mostly liberal white people who are afraid of being attacked and canceled. So they're trying to save their asses by showing marginalized groups, quote unquote, whoever they are, that they're doing something to help them out because people have presented themselves as victims and being a victim sells very well these days. So if you want to know why victimhood sells, I told you about that in episode number 1613. Number two, talking about equity. Concept of equity is traditionally everybody getting equal opportunity. I think we're all cool with that. But the new definition of equity is everyone getting equal outcome, which is literally, logically, and rationally and reasonably impossible. But people are trying to legislate and manufacture equal outcomes. It will never happen. That's why anyone who is pushing for equal outcomes will always have a job because their job will never be done because they can never achieve this thing. So this is the hustle, everybody. Like, Y'all want to know why this is a hustle? This is why it's a hustle. Someone's trying to achieve something that cannot 
logically be achieved, but they're going to keep forcing people to pay them to try to teach others how to make it happen. It will never happen. Number three, third point is exclusion. All right. The great thing about being on a sports team is that nobody else is on the sports team. It's just the people who are on the team. You're in and everybody else is on the outside. And when we achieve at a high level, when we work on our games, when we do things to make ourselves better on a conscious and intentional way. We are excluding ourselves from the low achievers and from the mediocre people out there. And any of you who has achieved any level of success in your career, meaning you're at a level that is above entry level, you are at a table that other people can't just walk in the room and sit at that table because they have not earned what you've earned. They haven't done the work that you've done. And I would bet that you derive some pride and satisfaction from the fact that you're at a table that you earned your way onto. So this whole concept of inclusion is that anybody can sit at the table. That's bullshit. Then it lowers the value of the table. And what happens when you lower the bar anywhere is that the high performers actually leave and the whole thing falls apart because the high performers who are holding it up, they leave, the whole thing falls apart and it collapses on top of all the mediocre and low performers who didn't deserve to be at the table in the first goddamn place. And number four, while I understand that the concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion are more about creating opportunities or allegedly that this is the good reason for creating opportunities for people who otherwise had not had them, also understand that the way things are these days is that these concepts get introduced with these bland safe sounding definitions. And then slowly, once everybody accepts them, they just slowly push back on you and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing until you have no more room to back up. That's exactly what happened with racism. It's exactly what happened with the LGBTQ community. It's exactly what happened with the concept of hate speech. It's exactly what's going to happen with D-I-E. And if you don't pay attention, they're going to push you back until you D-I-E. All that being said, Two things for you to do right now. Text me so you can get my daily motivation every day straight to your phone. My number is 305-384-6894. And second thing, you want to work with me directly so we can get focused on what are your strategies. Make sure that you are being held accountable to those strategies and you have strategies that are accountable to actual results, not just strategies, but a strategy that actually will get you results accountably and that you are executing on those strategies so that you get those results and the rewards that come with it so that you can separate yourself from the bums who don't deserve to be included at the table that you sit at. Like we talked that here today, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Again, that's workonyourgameuniversity.com. Join my Bulletproof Mastermind, or if you want to work me one-on-one, at the top of that page, there's a link that says apply to work me one-on-one. Click on that link, fill out a quick form, we'll hop on a call. That is at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894. 